Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea here. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With an Addiction, and I'm so happy that you're here. Today, we are going to talk about how making self-care habits are so essential, especially when you love someone with an addiction. So today is a great episode. It's going to help you in many ways, just implementing amazing habits into your life. So making self-care a habit or making self-care habits that actually enhance your well-being. So why should we love ourselves? Why should we care about ourselves? So you know what, whether that's going to the spa or going to a relaxing yoga class or doing your own yoga at home, or just allowing some time for rest in bed, known as me time, it is so important. We require this time for rest and rejuvenation and an opportunity to recharge. So taking a pause is really important to take that, you know, to really take stock of where you are mindfully in your life right now. It's so important. It's such an essential tool to help us grow, to help us evolve and expand. And also it ultimately makes us feel really good about ourselves on all levels. So self-care is more than just, you know, painting your nails or like, you know, just, you know, doing your hair. It's beyond that. It is really about actively using coping strategies and skills that are going to improve your well-being and help you manage your lives better. Now, when you love someone with an addiction, you know what? You are definitely probably experiencing some damage. Uh, You probably are, you know, all the emphasis oftentimes is placed on the addicted loved one in our life. And so it's really important, like all the concern is placed on the addict, but you may be neglecting your own needs. You may be neglecting yourself. And so chances are that, you know, loving someone with an addiction has taken its toll on your mental, physical, and emotional, as well as psychological self and your health. Um, It is hard. There's enormous amount of stressors that come with this, the sleepless nights, the potential worrying, inconsistency in your life, or just general feelings of disappointment, sadness, and hopelessness. You know what? Anger as well and frustration, they all come with the territory of loving someone with an addiction. So stress plays a huge role on the decline of our well-being. And science has even shown how stress has such a negative impact on us. Um, And so the time, the energy, and the concern that we put on our loved ones, you know, are really depleting our resources and can deplete our resources. So it's really important to 
start looking at self-care in a new way. It involves looking after your basic human needs and necessities and cultivating and nurturing them. It's about, you know, feeling more confident with yourself. It's a warm regard to yourself. It's a caring regard. And it's about, you know, accepting that you are worthy of careful, wonderful treatment. And so loving an addiction, sorry, loving an addict can often feel like a perpetual roller coaster, right? Emotions, anger, sadness, hate, um, disbelief, disappointment. So it's not surprising that our well-being is greatly affected. So there's no question that self-care becomes a necessity. It's a step that we need to take to look at ourselves and really embrace this idea of accepting ourselves and valuing our strengths at the same time and valuing ourselves enough to practice self-care, right? And it's going to really help improve our well-being. So when you push yourself to the max, and you don't practice self-care, you're basically going to experience that sense of burnout, ego depletion, and compassion fatigue. I remember thinking in my head, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. And I remember thinking like those words, like saving you is literally killing me. So it is so common and you're not alone. So if you're feeling down, depleted, um, this is a wonderful podcast for you today. It's all about, you know, there's wonderful, thankfully, there's a wonderful way that you can help yourself. You can help yourself so that you're stronger. And addiction, it's a disease, a disease that affects the whole entire family. So self-care is critical. It's crucial for both you and the addicted loved one that's in your life. And if the addicted loved one's not in your life anymore, rebuilding your yourself back up, tapping back into these self-care practices is so important. Okay. So one of the amazing ways to adopt self-care habits are to to practice what's called atomic habits and or keystone habits. This is a way that you can tap into self-care. So I love the book Atomic Habits. It's an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones by James Clear. He talks all about tiny changes. They create remarkable results. So you've heard that expression, right? They, they usually say like massive action requires, you know, massive success requires max, massive action. But what he makes a case for, which is so exciting, is that the, the things that we do on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, are actually going to have a huge impact and they're going to help us on so many levels and they accumulate to make remarkable results. So it's easy to overestimate the importance of one defining moment and underestimate the value of making small improvements daily. So this is so that it doesn't overwhelm you. So in his book, he talks all about the effects of small habits and how they compound over time. And I love this. I, I have a habit tracker. I, I try to integrate self-care into all my, my daily practices and into my habits of what I want to put into every single day. And I got to say, it's so empowering. So the same way that, you know, money multiplies over time, there's compound interest, the same impact, your habits that you integrate into your days are going, and you repeat them over and over again, they're going to have huge impact for you. So here are some tips that he suggests within his book. And also that I've pulled together from my book. Um, and so some of them are to, first of all, to get, so to form new habits and also to get rid of old habits. So 
to get, so to form new habits, you want to focus on systems. And I love the way he put it in his book too. He talks about instead of focusing on goals, you know, I want to be nice and slim or I want to lose some weight or I want to start doing yoga every day. Um, he says to think about building systems into your day. So for example, you might build or try focusing on a daily system that you can put into place. So how can you make it so that you can schedule in time for meditation or schedule in time for yoga or what part of the day or where can you put this in? So it's really important to do this. So the outcome has very little to do with the goal, but rather the day-to-day plan that you put into place. So you could have the goal. It's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I want to get more flexible and I want to have more peace and I want to practice yoga. That's a goal. But the daily system or the habit that you put into place is practicing yoga. It's doing it. It's actually putting it into place in your day-to-day plan. So I love that idea of focusing on the systems that you have in place. So for me, I know I want to drink. One of my goals is for self-care is to drink more water. And so I make sure in my system is before I have my tea, I go to the kitchen and I just pour myself a glass of room temperature water because I can literally chug that glass and it already sets me up for, you know, getting all my water in for the day. So that's a system. So I really enjoy that. And then he also talks about asking yourself, asking yourself the questions, are you becoming the type of person that you want to become? So what you, so what do you need to do on a regular basis to get closer to this person. And I always think, you know what, close your eyes and just like visualize you at your best. And what does that look like? And what's so cool about that is if you take that time to just close your eyes and focus and think about you at your best, or when you, maybe you've been at your best in the past, or, or you're imagining you at your best. Um, it's so cool because you can check yourself. You can see like how, what do you need to do or what habit do you need to integrate into your day in order to get you closer to you at your best. And, and that's such a wonderful, beneficial exercise to really help. And it's these habits, I got to say, it's these daily systems and daily plans that we put into place to help move us towards who we want to be, how we want to show up. And so you choose your identity and you really reinforce that identity with your habits, with your daily habits. And so his cases in his book too, and what I love about it is that today's habits matter because they form your identity. They form who you are down the road. And this consistency makes a really big impact. Now I have to say, just like if you have bad habits, so say you smoked cigarettes you know, every single day, there's a compound negative effect of that too. So the reverse is true. So if you start putting into every single day, something that's going to move you closer to the person you would like to be, or the person you value, or you at your best, it's so powerful for self-care. It's so powerful for, you know, moving you, um, in a place in a really nice direction. And then, so the other thing is, is to define your habits. So the best way to change your behavior is to make habits that are 
obvious, that are attractive, that are easy and satisfying. So what does that mean? So you want to make sure that this habit is obvious. So if you want to, you know, start running every morning, then put your running shoes right beside the bed. Or if you want to start meditating, make a little cute sanctuary of an area where you can just sit and find peace and meditate. So making it obvious is really, really important. And then also attractive so that you're more likely to do it. And then the other key is to make it easy. So make sure that it can be like built into your day. Um, now I know the gyms are closed right now with COVID, but, um, if you're going to join a gym and you want to start working out and you want to start, you know, taking a fitness class, make sure that it's easy. It's on your way home from work or, you know, it's easy to get there. Um, so really building in these systems and defining your habits so that they are obvious, they're attractive, they're easy. And best of all, they're gratifying. They make you feel so good when you've done them. And so that's the key. Those are the keys. And science has shown that when you have those things, then it's really important when you're forming these new new habits, right? So I'm asking you like food for thought, what new habits do you desire for yourself? Right. And are they obvious? Are they attractive? Are they easy? Are they pleasurable? So write them out. So start small. And the idea here is to be consistent. What do you want to build into your days? And I know I love what I call my habit tracker and I literally track my habits of, you know, it's like, I, I want to make sure I drink that water every morning. And then I put a dot on my calendar to make sure that I've done it. And it's so wonderful. Okay. So he also talks about the actual habit track. So tracking your progress, making a list of your daily actions that you'd like to start getting closer to and that are closer to your identity that you desire for yourself. And it's so important because it's going to help you. Um, you know, it helps you move forward. So a daily action might be meditating at bedtime. So you track it in your calendar as you meditate every day at bedtime. And it's really powerful. And then tracking these habits gives you this sense of accomplishment and it actually brings more feelings of pleasure around the process of this habit. So he also, and so in positive psychology, actually, this is a, another one by um, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. I love his book. And he does talk about what's called keystone habits. And this is so important. These are the habits that you automatically, when you do them, you automatically, they lead to more positive behavior and more positive effect on your life. So those are the habits that, you know, when you do it, you your whole day seems to fall in line or you feel really good or your whole week is in line. So I know for me, if I take time to sit down with my calendar and track out everything, and I have that ritual of self-care, just getting quiet, what I want to accomplish this week, my week is so productive. So that is a wonderful keystone habit where yours might be, you know, going, waking up early and going for a walk. Um, or it could just be the sheer fact of waking up early. And that's a keystone habit that makes other things, um, fall into place. And that could be morning rituals, meditating, planning out your day or your week, like I said, waking up early or a morning workout. So what are your keystone habits? So what actions automatically make other positive behaviors and have a positive effect on your life? So that's basically it for these amazing, this habit formation and the importance of habit as a form of self-care. So you can think about those self-care strategies that you want to integrate, but then slowly making them a habit, 
building them into your day is so important. So focusing on systems, right? The day-to-day plans that you can put into place for yourself and asking yourself, you know, who, what type of person do you want to become, right? What do you want to do regularly to help you become that person? What's important to you? What's your identity? And then talking about defining your habits. So the best way to change your behavior is to make these habits that are obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying. Now, I got to say, if you want to get rid of habits, the flip side of that is to make things unobvious, unattractive, not easy to do, and unsatisfying. So for me, I love chips. And I know chips, you know, they really do end up you know, causing me to gain a little bit of weight. So one of the things I do to um, break that habit of eating chips is I don't even buy them. I don't even bring them into my cupboard so that if I actually have a craving for chips, I have to leave my house. I have to go to the store. It's like, you know, and then I actually think about, you know, the bottom of the bag where the chips are all greasy and broken and yucky. And what that does is it trains my brain to kind of see it as uh, it's not obvious. It's not around in my house. It's unattractive. It's not easy to get. And it's not really pleasurable. I think about the heavy feeling, the greasy feeling that I get after I eat them. So isn't that neat how you can really define your goals and, and form habits and, and, and form like bring more pleasurable or good habits in and the ones we want and get rid of habits that we don't care for so much. And then he does talk about habit tracking and, 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 and knowing when you have achieved that, these daily progress, tracking your progress, your little mini successes, your day-to-day plan, sticking to it, and then the positive psychology approach towards those keystone habits. So thinking about the power of habit, if we have that keystone habit that automatically leads to multiple positive behaviors in our day, it's so amazing. So there you go. So if you can't do anything about the the chaos that's going on around you or you know the struggle that maybe is going inevitable in our lives i mean we're not immune to struggle uh the idea is to take time for yourself and try try hard to focus on yourself and care just take that care that you're putting towards someone else and and the idea is we can't try hard enough for another person to get better and to stop using um, but what we can do is we can adopt self-care and these wonderful habits into our life and and allowing us to start living instead of merely existing and building up our ability to self-regulate and contribute to our own well-being and take responsibility for our well-being and the person that we desire for ourselves. So remember this, life is a precious gift. It's important to remember that taking care of yourself is also part of your responsibility and your many responsibilities. So building that in with these wonderful habits is so amazing. So now if you haven't gone over to the website, oh my gosh, I have a free self-care starter kit and it's literally beyond, you know, just like checking off, like there you're doing your nails, your hair, you're looking pretty. It's like looking after you. It's a checklist looking after you mentally, physically, emotionally, and it's a wonderful 30 day challenge in there too. So you can grab your self-care starter kit. If you haven't already gone over to my website, um, just click the links in the show notes here and you can grab yours for free. So I would really love for you to do that. Um, and I hope this episode helped you and it really did help you think about delving into, you know, those tiny little habits, those tiny little things that we can build into our day that are going to make us feel better. 
better and have a huge impact on our future. So thank you, everybody. I hope that was so helpful. And I have another wonderful episode coming and a great guest on the show on the next episode. So I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreaseidel.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle so that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.